This is the EC Podcast, by and for emerging conservation professionals. In this episode, five master's students from the University of Amsterdam's conservation program will be discussing what led them to conservation and describing the application process. But first, hello. My name is Liz Hebert, and I'm a first-year master's student studying paintings conservation in Amsterdam. I understand that it's a strange time to be living in the world right now, much less starting a podcast. Both emerging and established conservators are without work, internships have been cancelled, classes moved online, and careers placed on hold. The goal of this podcast is to provide ECPs with resources and answers, two things we hope to do in the next few weeks. Much of the discussion in this first episode is focused on the application process, which is likely no longer relevant to students applying this year. We're currently trying to arrange an interview with the director of our conservation program here in Amsterdam to answer questions about how the application process will change in light of the coronavirus. Until then, we hope you enjoy listening to our own experiences from the comfort of your home. Stay well, now on with the show. I am Mané, I'm in technical art history, and I first became interested in restoration and conservation like a very long time ago. I think I was about eight or nine years old, and um, I used to live in a monument in the city of Hoorn, which is in the northern part of the Netherlands. And I remember when I moved there that they were like restoring uh, the building and I came in and there were all these people at work and I was so fascinated by it. And I thought, oh, really want to do something as well like this later on in life. And uh, then just started to research uh, on what exactly they were doing and eventually ended up with uh, the conservation and restoration program here at the UVA. Hello, my name is Anthe and I... I'm from the specialization of contemporary art and I was like not very interested in conservation in the beginning. Uh, my mom kind of pushed me into uh, applying for it. I wanted to become a graphic designer and then it kind of like fell on my lap and uh, after a while I started liking it and now I kind of cannot live without it. I'm a bit obsessed with conservation. <laughs> I found out through a friend about the UVA program uh, as soon as it changed into English, like five years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And I applied when the time was right and I got in, so I'm excited. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Sure. Why was your mother interested in conservation? So my mom studied architecture and she went and did some building restoration in uh, Florence. Uh, no, in Venice, sorry. And then she got into this idea of like keeping something old alive rather than creating new uh, yeah, stuff. Okay, yeah. <laughs> she encouraged me. Okay, well, I'm Willemai. I'm from the textiles department. And it was more recent for me that I decided to sign up for this program. It was in my bachelor, I did design. And I just had no idea what to do with my life. <laughs> and then I did some research for a project on all the parts of a museum. And I came across the conservation department. I thought, wow, this is amazing. So now uh, here I am. Uh, my name is Terry. I do glass and ceramics. Um, I studied archaeology and history and ancient history in uh, <laughs> my undergraduate program. And during excavations I was on, um, mainly in Italy, 
they had restoration with the excavation. And I always enjoyed that part more than the actual digging in the dirt. <laughs> so I kind of started looking into it as doing um, work with artifacts and historical objects after excavation. Conservation was always really important within the subjects I was learning about in my studies. You know, you have so many historical restorations that have nowadays been proved <laughs> outdated, and I got really interested in that topic and decided that it's what I wanted to do. Why glass ceramics? Well, uh, well, pottery, I've always been huge into pottery, and that because, you know, ceramics is one of the most abundantly surviving material from antiquity in any time period. And glass, I actually don't have much experience with, but I'm really excited to get to know it. My name is Liz. I got interested in conservation when I was 17, maybe a little earlier. I originally wanted to do forensic science, but while I was visiting my uncles in Boston, we went to the MFA. And in a teeny little back corner of an exhibit, they had a teeny tiny exhibit about conservation with some videos. And they kind of pushed me into it and I fell in love immediately because it was science and art and logical thinking all in one, which was perfect. I did a Bachelor's of Science in Florence for three years. That's how you ended up here. I ended up here. <laughs> yeah, so along those same lines, uh, what was everyone's experience with specifically conservation? I just went to university and did a bachelor in art history, but didn't have like any other experience in uh, yeah. restoration and conservation before this. Yeah, and, uh, never mind. You did the yeah, minor, the right? Yeah. Oh, so did you both do the minor? Yeah, I yeah. think at a different time, but mm. we both I did it last year. So what do you learn throughout these six months? Well, we have all the courses which result in the tests that you have to make, so the science. The preventive conservation yeah. we had. Um, Ethics and stuff. And you also get like an introduction to every discipline yeah. there is. So it sounds like the minor program is similar to the test that we took to get in. Yeah, we didn't have to do the science uh, questions, yeah. I think. We, we did have to do the essay questions. Only the essay questions. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't know if you probably had like preventive conservation questions yeah. as well. Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, the application process for uh, this program for all the specialties is uh, consistent of two parts. The first of which is an online test that happens after you've applied and been accepted to take the test. Uh, the test involves chemistry, preventive conservation, and kind of an ethics-based principles, principles of conservation, yes. And then uh, essay questions. There are four, There were but you picked amount three. Of, yeah, there's a certain amount of essays. Oh, yes. yeah. And yeah. also, the, diff the essays depend on your specialization. Yeah. You're yeah. applying to yeah. yeah. yes. yeah. oh. So my articles were about glass and ceramics. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. You didn't know. No, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> were like so four essays that we had to read, all four of them. Yeah, so, for me the same. But it was all about contemporary art. Yeah, ours were all paintings. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that's quite logical as well. That it would be unfair specific for, for <laughs> ceramics reward, textiles reward to, to write about paintings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it was interesting. A lot of the readings that we had to do for that test were mostly about paintings and architectural mm -hmm. conservation, which I thought was interesting that most of the literature was... I think there was maybe one about... Mm -hmm. There was about statues as well. The guy yeah. without the arm, right? Oh, Leakowan. Yeah, I say it differently because I think when I was taught Latin in America, I say Leakowan, but I know in 
Ireland. They I can tell you the Greek word, you. which is the original. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's laocon. Yeah, yeah, that's a very famous example of conservation and preservation as well. Hmm. Anthe, what was your experience with conservation before this? The program entails a lot of practical application. So for each um, like different material, we had to kind of work on it for six months. And, and where was your school? In Athens. What was the name? Conservation of Antiquities and Works of Art. So I have done an internship and then I worked for a few years in the UK. Yeah, my bachelor's was sort of similar. We did a lot more practical work, but not uh, anything consistently. It was just what the professor had on hand. Huh. Because in Florence, it was a bit more uh, scattered in terms of structure, which will surprise no one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I said, my undergraduate was in archaeology. And that was mostly just principles and not so much practical application. So with my degree, if you wanted to get practical experience, you had to go to a field school during the summer or a break in the school. Through my university, I was hooked up with different excavations, which, like I said, had some restoration aspects. They were, in, and like I said, mostly in Italy, and they were not very much concentrated on conservation. It was mm. more about the actual restoring the object. A lot of excavations just have like boxes of sherds that they go through. Oh, real quick, could you yeah. explain the difference between sherds and shards? Yeah, so sherd, for um, what I was taught with archaeology, is basically applicable to ceramics. I don't know about glass, and I don't want to say definitively that it's also for glass, but it was always for an archaeological object. It's a sherd. And then I volunteered in America at a museum that also had an archaeology lab doing cataloging and also some consolidation of some objects. Speaking of volunteering, I don't know what the culture is in Europe compared to the U.S., but in the U.S., for restoration, everyone I talk to does so many unpaid internships. So I did an internship before I even went to my undergrad. I was fortunate enough to have done an internship in middle school at the local museum. And so I talked to somebody there and they got me in touch with the conservation department. And I walked in, first day, my new boss said, hey, have you ever conserved anything before? I said, no. She said, okay, here. <laughs> and just gave me this giant ivory cup to conserve and she guided me, but she was fantastic because even though I hadn't done any work, she wanted me to start working right away and have some kind of physical contact. Like I wrote my own lab report, did the whole thing, which looking back on it was terrible, but you know, I was- Stuff from somewhere. Yeah, I was 18, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then during college, I didn't do any internships because I spent my summers doing chemistry because I didn't want to do that in Italy, in Italian. I wanted to do it in English. But then as soon as I was done with that, for the past year, I had an internship at the Milwaukee Historical Society, cleaning, basically, because they don't have any conservation staff at all. And then I also worked with a private conservator, learning the private side of conservation, which is not something I'd ever been exposed to, and it's very different. Mm -hmm. So when you guys applied for the minor, did you apply to it knowing that you wanted to do this? Like, is the minor yeah. specifically designed 
for this program. Yeah, I think it's specifically designed, but like people from all kinds of studies do the minor and not yeah. everyone ends up doing the master. Eventually. But I, I knew from the start I really wanted to do uh, the master yeah. as well. That's why I studied art history. That's why I did mm. the minor and <laughs> eventually ended up here. So it's maybe like a little bit different for me uh, personally. Well, yeah. I knew about the master and that I wanted something to do with it, but not which specialization. So that was key point for me to know like, oh, you like textiles, so mm. that's what's going to be, yeah. So I was very much into plastics from the beginning of my course in Athens, but I knew that plastics conservation wasn't part of the course curriculum. And my professors encouraged me to go abroad at some point, but yeah, that, at that point there wasn't anything I could do in English. But then the program was translated in English. So yeah, I had my eyes on it. When the time was right, I applied. An old a fellow student of mine informed me that the program was translated. So word of mouth. Kind of, yeah. yeah. That's how I found out about it as well. Yeah. You too? Same for me, yeah. I had a um, classmate who was also looking into this. We, I mean, <laughs> looking at um, program. you probably had the same thing, where English taught programs in Europe, Few and far between. very much, and a couple of the American ones, just the requirements, I just didn't have. Some it. of the master's programs in the U.S. require actually that you do a few years of working before yeah. you do the master's program. Yeah. I think that's the case in, at least it used to be the case in Germany as well. And I think Germany, correct me if I'm wrong, is mostly taught in German. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's mostly in German, yeah. Yeah. For my university in Ireland, a lot of students come to the Netherlands also mm -hmm. for in Leiden for archaeology yeah. and everything. So a lot of like I remember um when I was <laughs> when I was getting all my application stuff done, the administration here at Uva knew my college and knew the way that the grading worked and everything because so many people from mm. my college end up here. When I was looking at the program two years ago to, in order to apply, uh, one of the requirements was to submit a portfolio related to the specialization with like work-related specialization. And back then, I had no prior experience with plastics conservation, for example. So I was thinking, okay, within the next two years, I need to find some way to, to work on plastics so that I can put it on my portfolio. But then, although I did, I don't think it played a massive role. I mean, considering the fact that two of my fellow classmates have no conservation experience, so in case anyone is thinking about it, don't get put off mm -hmm. by the yeah. requirements. Yeah. I think they, they rather flexible. want to look how you work with your hands yeah. than instead mm -hmm. of you're really good yeah. at conserving plastics, something mm -hmm. like that. Or you have a lot of experience. Yeah, yeah. just that you're capable to do some practical work as well. I think that's the key point there. And I, yeah, I know with portfolio as well, it was looking at you're sort of like artistic about it in mm. the sense that if you do have to do retouching, mm -hmm. you have to be able to at least like... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after you've done the online tests, you get yay or nay, whether or not you've been invited to the interview week. People who do the minor, did you have to? Yeah, we had to do it. The selection yeah. week. The selection week, sorry. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We only had like uh, some tests that mm -hmm. we didn't have to do. That was because of the specialization, not your prior, because it was technical art history. Mm -hmm. didn't have to do some of the oh, tests? Yeah. No, mm -hmm. uh, that's specific to technical art history because you are never 
going to restore anything. So you do not have to do the practical work. And therefore, we didn't have to do like practical tests in the interview week as well. I didn't meet my uh, classmates until the first day of the semester because we didn't see each other uh, during the interview week. So uh, what we're talking about with specializations is every other year they have the same specialty. So this year we have technical art history, contemporary, glass and ceramics, textiles, and paintings. And then the other year, correct me if I'm wrong, is paper, historical interiors, woodworking, and sculpture? Metal. 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 Sculpture. And photography. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no sculpture. Yeah. 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 So that's the specialties that we'll be interviewing this year to be new students in 2020. Yeah. The interview week, the first day, is when you have your tests. These are physical tests. You have a colorblindness test. Kind of a spatial awareness (laughs) test is how I would describe it, maybe. That's the hard one. (laughs) That's what nightmares are made of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then just a simple sketch that you do. Uh, For people who aren't in technical art history, the next two days are spent in your lab doing practical work. So what did you do for contemporary during your lab time? We talked about a condition report of uh, objects. So we were given objects made of synthetic materials and we were asked to give an overview of their state and like what they're made of maybe and stuff like that. We talked a little bit about contemporary art, we saw some videos, discussed them, and then we were asked for the third day to create an object, basically, which would incorporate materials by a very famous Dutch artist, Karel Lappel. And then we kind of used that object the next day when we had the interview to talk about possible problems that might occur due to the selection of materials and stuff like that. Well, we did not have the theory part. The textiles. Yeah, we were given all sorts of materials. We had to replicate a chintz uh, bonnet. Yeah, (laughs) real nice. You just had to look at the object, pick the right material, direction of the material, which way to look at the stitching, the technique used. Uh, You just had to replicate it as much as you could. It wasn't really the idea that you could finish the whole bonnet, more that you could show that you were capable of looking real closely to the object and replicate it. I finished it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So with glass and ceramics, we had very hands-on days as well. The first day was that we got a very quick lecture on lead glaze tiles and the production of them. And then we tried to recreate a bit of that production. So we were using cobalt powders and we had all picked our own actual historical tile that we wanted to recreate Mm -hmm. using the same technique with a powder and a brush and applying that, which they actually fired for us and we got to keep, which is very nice. I gave it to my mother. (laughs) And then the next day we were also working on tiles and we we're working on our retouching skills. So we were given a plate and then there was a very beautiful painted design on that said plate. And then we were just asked to try to recreate the design. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting because the retouching aspect, at least for us really, is not a huge aspect, but mm-hmm. 
it was more about what you do with your hands. And yeah. Actually, we had a retouching uh, oh, yeah, kind of. Uh, it was the uh, matchbox, right? Yeah. yeah ah, right. like a paper matchbox. Yeah, and yeah. they covered a part of it with a strip, and we had to replicate what we could see on the, the an identical matchbox. For paintings, the first part of our lab day, you were given a painting and you had to look at it for an hour and a half and then present to everybody what your treatment proposal was, mm -hmm. which was quite difficult because some people had never done any kind of conservation before. So I think more what they were looking for was being able to hone in on what the problems are and engage with the artwork more than anything because paintings is next to textiles one of the slower conservation treatments that you do and for the same reason we didn't have any kind of reproduction work that we did for the second part of the lab day we just worked on small projects that were already in the lab so some of us didn't do paintings but we helped restore a frame uh, we learned how to make pigment and we applied it for testing for a PhD project for one of the other people in the program. And then the last day was the interview day where we had to show our portfolios to the teachers that we'd been working with in the lab. So yeah. we established a relationship there and then your interview is showing your portfolio. I think that's also important to mention that they do not want you to be an artist, especially yeah. for mm -hmm. paintings, but you have to be able to reconstruct things, then uh, coming up with like really creative work yeah. yourself. This is so yeah. important with reconstruction. They say it's better not to be an artist yourself, because mm -hmm. if you are, yeah. when you reproduce, you bring too much of your own style yeah. into it, that it doesn't look perfectly the yeah. same. I actually, <laughs> I also brought some work that I've done myself, as well as photos of objects that I had restored. But I actually made a ceramic, not to scale version of the Geyer Anderson cat in the British Museum, which is actually made of metal, but I did it in ceramic. And then I brought also a mug that I had made. <laughs> and, and actually something funny happened. I did not pack the cat well, looking into being, you know, doing <laughs> conservation, I should have been more careful, but the tail actually broke off. And I like very quickly glued it together. Yeah. You already started. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, see, I'm showing off my <laughs> adhesion skills. Did you have to have a portfolio because you did the minor? For technical art history, again, no practical work, so no portfolio. Yeah. But for every you have other discipline, all the same yeah. things. You're not like admitted because you did the minor. No. There's people who get rejected even though they yeah. did the minor. It's only that you have like specific grades, for mm -hmm. example, for chemistry, yeah. which is enough for them to see, oh, you're you able to do it. chemistry, yeah. so then you do not have to do the test again. But everything else is just the, the same. same. Yeah. yeah. But it's nice for people to know, I think, that you do not only have to bring things uh, in your portfolio, which um, are in your specialization, yeah. because I hardly <laughs> brought any textiles. So yeah. I just brought some drawings, just things that show your abilities. It's okay yeah. if you just show your hand techniques. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I agree with that because for example there's only two of us who have a conservation background mm -hmm. and Although I did put a lot of my conservation experience on my portfolio, I did put pictures of me performing on stage, for example, because performance art is part of contemporary yeah. art. And then alterations I did on some of my clothing 
And my classmate, she for embroidery, I guess you're, you're, you're very right about that. You need to show the diversity of your interests and your capability to explore creative aspects of yourself. Again. Do not get too creative. Yeah. Yeah. They don't like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what was everyone's overall experience of interview week? Because I had a really good yeah. time. Me too. <laughs> like, I think we were so lucky with our year that we just kind of clicked immediately. Mm -hmm. I was talking to some of the painting students from two years above us mm -hmm. and they said, Oh, no one talked to each other. It was very competitive. Oh. Yeah. It, we're, we went out to dinner. Like, we went out and got drinks and yeah. had a really good time. And I think that that was really important because it makes being here together now that we've gotten in a lot easier. Mm -hmm. But also, specifically with conservation, it's such a small field mm -hmm. that yeah. it doesn't make sense to not just be friendly and meet people mm -hmm. and get out there because you never know when you're going to bump into them again. It did help that we had less people than there were spaces. It was more so we were all just like hoping and rooting for each other to get in and... You have less people than there were spaces? Yeah, so we had five. Um, ah, there were six spots. So for paintings, 12 people interviewed yeah. and yeah. only six got in. Yeah, but paintings so is always... But How many for contemporary? Uh, eight people interviewed, six got in, one dropped out. Okay. Mm -hmm. so for technical artistry, I don't know, um, because you do not meet your other uh, yeah. classmates yeah. beforehand, but they said they were also at 12 in the interview week. Mm -hmm. And then eventually we're only with four, but like because of two <laughs> people that dropped out before the program mm -hmm. started. Uh, so I think they always accept six if there are six people. I think mm -hmm. they have to, but... If you're with less, then of course less. I remember also though being scared. One of the only aspects I was scared about was that I remember reading somewhere that if they didn't have enough people that were qualified, they mm -hmm. just wouldn't do the yeah. the year. That's true. The, yeah. So I was scared. That That's what they did with metals. I know. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there's no class of metals yeah. in the previous year because people didn't make it through. So I remember the guy who dropped out, who's the only guy who, I will never forget his words. He said, we're all on the same boat. We're all going through this together. No matter what happens, we need to help each other mm -hmm. and support each other yeah. because it's really stressful for everyone. <laughs> yeah. I think that everyone's been really supportive in the first few weeks as well. Especially, I, I don't know about I was talking specialty. about the selection week, but. Oh yeah, yeah. but yeah. no, the same thing for now that you're in the program. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Paul said, that y none of us are going to succeed if we don't help each other. No, that's true. So it's a lot yeah. of teamwork, which is lovely. Well, thank you all for joining me and doing this first episode. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah. For a closer look inside the program, please follow us on Instagram at ecpodcast, and email us any of your questions and comments at ecpodcastxxx at gmail.com. This podcast is edited by Rachel Kreedberg. Our theme song is by Mene van Veldhausen and Paul van Laar. Our logo is designed by Adler Papiernik. <laughs>